Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. I'm Sam Rosenberg. I'm back here with Shaka Shervington. Oh my God, we need to unpack what the hell happened this last weekend with the final four teams in the NFL. Two road victors, two exciting games, two overtime games, definitely some surprises, definitely some controversial shit. But my God, Shaka, you know what the first thing I'm going to ask is, how's Ezra doing today? <laughs> I do. Um, little man is good. Um, scared the crap out of us today. He, he rolled over from his stomach onto his back, which we didn't see coming. Um, so now we have to monitor him even more closely. As apparently, he's, uh, he had like a really cranky day yesterday, and then apparently it's because his brain was evolving before our very eyes. <laughs> so, he's good. Today. He started having an existential crisis about the fact that, like, he's alive and he's seeing things, and you know he might know who you and Justine are. I guess also the motor skills have started to come together here, putting two and two together, which is, I mean, now I can't even go to the bathroom without worrying about him. So you know. So that's, you're that's saying terrible. he's going to start throwing footballs soon? A- any minute. <laughs> I spiral. Okay. Um. Shaka, I'm I'm literally gonna I'm gonna ask you this question first. Which game do you want to talk about first? Do you want to talk about the Rams and the Saints, or do you want to talk about the Patriots and the Chiefs? Ooh, um, you know, I think we should go with the the, the, the Patriots Chiefs game first, just because. I I, I mean, just because I what I predicted people. last week came true. Fucking crazy Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, Patriots magic happened all over again. Look, man, I, I feel as I'm obligated to bet against him forever, and I think it just it just makes the heartbreak even more and more profound every single time. But as far as the Patriots go, well, the one thing I, I, I got to unpack, and I don't know if you want to lead off on this one or if I, I, I can take the lead, but... Please. I mean, statistically, the Patriots, the Patriots did nothing that was, I would say, magical. I, I'm going to start surprising. I'm going to go back to... Patriots Chargers. Okay. Um, numbers wise, the Patriots held the football for 38 minutes. Yep. Chargers only had it for 21. I mean, the results that, and it, the Patriots ran the football down their throat. Uh, the one thing I can say, comparison from their conference championships against the, or sorry, the divisional against the Chargers, is that Tom Brady doesn't have to be Superman anymore. He's just got to be functional in the offense, doesn't make mistakes. Comes through on third down. He's a seventh four team, um, third down conversion. Dude, he was magic on third down. And on third down against the Patriots, he was 13 for 19. Jesus. I'm going to tell you this much. The Patriots ran, I'm oh, sorry, the, the Chiefs ran 43 plays. Do you know how many uh, plays the Patriots ran? Uh, probably something in the 50s or the 60s. 94. God damn. 94 plays to 43. I mean, it doesn't really it doesn't really show up on TV, though, does it? It doesn't. I, I, I mean, I, it, I, it, my it spoke to me when I was sitting there at the at halftime being like, the Patriots have held the ball for the entire half. Yeah. So, the Patriots had the football for 44 minutes of this game. Chiefs had it for 21 minutes. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm amazed that the Chiefs are still in this thing. They literally held the football for less than half of the time the Patriots did, and they still somehow managed to just lose this in overtime. I mean, that does say a lot about Mahomes and some of this Chiefs team because there are some exciting playmakers on this team who were able to score touchdowns in a couple of plays even though they they weren't able to hold the ball. 
And, I mean, credit to the Patriots for coming in here with the, again, we, we've said it before, their offense is not exciting. They don't do anything. Even in this game, I, I, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Yes, once again, Tom Brady was magical, but it was not anything. I, can you think of one particular play in that game that the Patriots had that was absolutely stunning? Well, I really can't. No, I can't. I can't think of a play that was stunning. It was more the composure and their ability to execute yeah. in big in big moments. You know, third down after third down after third down. You know, to start the game and to be able to have a situation where all you were doing whenever James White is on the field is throwing the ball, and then you yeah. decide to run it to James White on like third and four. Then you get situations I mean, where he's he's hitting called, Julian Edelman in stride in the slot on third down, and then in the fourth quarter he's throwing it to Gronk like it's ten years ago on third down. Automatic. There was one play in the game, Sam, where I called. I think it was um when they were marching down the field at one final time. I called it and I said, I think it was the third down play, and I was like, it's got to be Edelman over the middle. And sure enough, Edelman had like a fourteen or seventeen yard gain to extend the play. I think it was that like, was a thirteen yard um. Or thirteen play drive. They just again, well oiled machine. They don't do anything um, magical, but you know what? They're as consistent as any friggin' team I've ever seen in the NFL in my life. I, I mean, it's just—it's almost like doom. You just know what's coming. There's nothing to do about it. You can dread it. You can run away. But the Patriots are going to win. This and, is uh, I mean, man. It was it was it was brutal watching that game. You knew it was over even. The minute we said it was going into overtime, I was like, this thing's over. Like, I don't even know I'm going to watch this. Just turn off the TV now. Yeah, it was – I had that same feeling all over again from Super Bowl 51 when it went to overtime. I was like, the Patriots are going to get the ball, and they're never going to give it back to the Chiefs. They're going to go right down the field and score a touchdown. This is – I don't understand how the Patriots on some on, – on the, on the level that they're playing at, like – and I mean at the games. You know, this isn't a regular season game. This is a pre- this is the fucking AFC Championship game in 15 degree weather in Kansas City. And the opening drive, the Patriots go all the way down the field. It's 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 it's, it's you know, double digit play drive, long time, multi- converting multiple third downs and getting in the end zone. That's not yeah. easy. It's not easy to manufacture a drive and just go right down the field. You know, you usually want to start out the game that way, but that is not an easy thing to do. The Patriots were able to do it to open the game. They did it again on their second drive, and the only thing that saved them was the fact that, God bless, the Chiefs actually watched some tape on Tom Brady and picked him off in the end zone, which you know he sure as shit is not going to do many times. No, at all. But then to see him do it all, like in overtime, I mean, what the fuck? They got the ball. They went right down the goddamn field. You're telling me the Chiefs didn't have any answers? Well, Bob Sutton didn't, and that's why he's out as defensive coordinator for the Chiefs. Jesus. That, that, that's official as of now? Uh, it's official. Um, Andy Reid made a statement saying that um, sometimes it's better to, um, to make some changes. Wow. So, I mean, Sutton was pretty damn good his first three or four years in Kansas City, but the last couple years, and Sam, let's face it, as good as their offense has been, their defense has been woeful. They, it's just kind of been swept under the rug because they've been such a, a phenomenal offense. But uh-huh. season, but no. ranked 35th in overall defense this year. No, that's a really and good point. I mean, their run defense was really bad. Atrocious. And they came back to haunt them. So I, I think they're definitely going to, in the offseason, they're going to be making a few. I, I'm, the rumor is Rex Ryan is probably going to be <sighs> taking an interview. I just... Which, uh, Dude, why do I why does that why do I not feel good about that decision? 
you know, I, I can't help thinking there was one moment, Sam, where we could be talking about um, Tom Brady finally going down. There was a moment in the fourth quarter. Um, you you mean the the um, fucking roughing the passer penalty that wasn't really well, anything? That, me too. that was that was he slapped him on the shoulder. That yeah, and let's talk about like I'm sorry. You finish your thought before I go off on this other rant. Finish fourth quarter, Tom Brady. The moment I'm talking about was it, it was so quick and it was gone so uh, just as quickly. D Ford got called for an offside on the Chiefs. Um, and oh God, that's when they that's when they intercepted him, right? Yeah, when you look at the, I mean, if D Ford had been a yard back, this game would be over. The Chiefs would be in the Super Bowl because that was it. That would have. Sealed yeah, they the picked game. him off, and I think they they ran it into the end zone. Do you think D Ford is probably he probably cried himself to sleep after this game because no one's going to point the finger at him for for losing that game? But I mean, God, when you talk about mistakes, that was probably one of the biggest mistakes. It was such a simple thing because he was so eager. And Tom Brady didn't get sacked. He didn't get sacked in that game, I don't think. No, I don't I don't think he did. I'm checking right now. Which is another, I mean... Nope, he was not line. sacked. The offensive line for the Patriots held, they held the line. The, Tom Brady, who we talk about his mobility being non-existent, doesn't even have to worry. He had plenty of time. Um, the Patriots' offense just set up in a way that, one, he has just enough time to make his reads and to make his throws because um, Edelman... I, it's probably the best relief valve in the NFL when it comes to getting um, quick slants off and getting, you know, six, seven yardage. It's as good as any run play in the league. So, I, I mean, you get an opportunity to pick Tom Brady off. Don't be offside. I mean, that was a that was a rough play. That was because that I mean, was the game, and I saw – and I, I, I agree with you. I saw it. He was offsides by – I mean, he was pretty close offsides, but it was, it was just a moment where it's like that was a mental error that he could have picked up, and all of a sudden they could have yeah. capitalized. But dude, the controversial calls. I mean, you fucking called it. How about the 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 punt that touched Julian Edelman but didn't touch Julian Edelman? That didn't touch him. I Which, was, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie. When I looked at the the video, maybe the first two times they replayed it, I thought his thumb touched it for sure. And then when I looked at it another two or three times, I was like, no. That that call. last angle had a really good angle, and I feel like it was yeah, pretty that clear. Was but that cool. that fucking catch by Chris Hogan, that was not a catch. Uh, oh, the one I thought it was. I thought his his wrist was what hit the ground and um, cradled the ball. That one was I was a little less willing to argue about. Um, I thought it was. I thought that one was a waste on the Chiefs' uh, timeout. Mm. Which I mm. You see, I, I actually disagree. Was- I actually I thought it had moved enough. I thought it moved from the ground, and I understand the ground you know, can't cause a fumble, but I mean, he was trying to complete a pass and I thought it, I mean, I thought that was enough to call it an incomplete, but I, I mean, listen, calls are going to go both ways in this game and you know, you gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do. I have to look at that one again, but I mean, from those initial, I probably looked at it once or twice, but from what I can tell, it looked like a clean catch. Dude, it's really going to hit me coming to the defense of the Patriots. Patriots ran all over the place. Sony Michelle and Rex Burkhead both had two rushing touchdowns. Um, they even got James White. I think really probably was what the one thing that caught the Chiefs' defense off guard and, I mean, completely broke them down was those run plays where uh, you thought James White was going to be catching a bubble screen pass or something to that effect, and it was a quick um, halfback draw, and he absolutely ate up the yardage. He was getting first downs like, like nothing. I mean, yeah, they were 13th and 19th on third down conversions, but a lot of it was just surprise run plays. I mean, they, they fully took advantage. Again, that um, Patriots offensive line came to play. Dude, and um, 
Tom Brady still didn't. I mean, all the third down conversions. You also got to throw in there. He has this beautiful touchdown pass to Philip Dorsett. Yes, uh, that surprised me. It just caught him with a touchdown. Um, and Tom Brady, as much as you know, we say this offense is you know functional, consistent. Tom Brady still throws. I, I mean, just about when he does throw an interception, you know, it's sometimes an honest mistake. But in terms of accuracy, I I, I have yet to see that many quarterbacks who have the pinpoint accuracy he does in this offense. So you can tell everything is practiced immaculately. So. I, I totally agree. And the only person who outshined him a little bit was Patrick Mahomes because the guy can fucking throw a 50-yard pass, you know, while he's throwing across his body and running out of bounds. Phenomenal, phenomenal game for Patrick Mahomes. I, I really feel for him. I mean, because he really, again, the Chiefs, the Chiefs offense just so talented, so many pieces. And I, I, honestly, the offensive play call, they, they really shut the Patriots, I mean, uh, they really shut the Patriots up on a few of them. Damian Williams, Dude, those were some really nice pass plays to Damian Williams. They really, I, I, there was one where they really, really let it draw out, and Mahomes at the last minute just threw a little blooper over to him, and he was, he just had room to run all the way downfield. So they, they came with the offense. The defense was missing in action and was tired by overtime. I mean, part of me feels like part of a big reason they were still in this game is because we're seeing the beginning of the Patrick Mahomes era. Yeah, um, it's been a great start, and it would have been great to see him in a Super Bowl in his first try, but age, once again, dude, wins out. Tom, Tom fucking Brady. Goddamn Patriots. Okay, before we get into the Super Bowl, let's. Let, do you want to talk about the Rams and the Saints? I do. Um, I, look, I, I'm going to say very little about this game, Sam. I, I thought it was an amazing game. Or rather, it would have been an amazing game, but it was ruined by one bad call. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, listen, I, I want to go a little... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to unpack this, but please, go ahead. I have a couple things to say, but I'll let you, I'll let you rant for a little bit if you like. Sure. So, listen, I, I think, you and, I think ev- the whole world at this point is pretty unanim- unanimous about that pass interference call that wasn't called. So, third down, you know, clearly... You know, there's been a lot of, you know, dissecting of this particular play. You know, why didn't they run the ball? Why did they throw it? There was clearly an understanding that they wanted to run the ball. Drew Brees checks out of the run play because he sees the defense. He decides to throw the ball. It was a goddamn pass interference. That's the fucking truth. Everybody saw it. The the ref missed it. It fucking sucks, but it's the truth. The ref missed the goddamn play. You know, you got to move on from there. And so that's why, you know, I don't, I can harp on it, but at the same time, you know, in the same breath, you can sit there and say, well, there are many other opportunities where the Saints could have won this game or the Saints could have lost this game. So what, what, stuck, what stood out for me was how this, it was all Saints in the first half. You know, the Saints really were in control of the game. The Rams struggled to move the ball. I really feel like the excitement of the Rams' offense has, you know, it's cooled over the last couple of weeks, and defenses are figuring out ways to stop them. Um, But the Rams' defense was able to make stops when it counted, and the Rams' offense was able to make chunk plays when it counted. Let me give you a few examples. First off, Saints go all the way down the field on the opening drive. Their red zone defense stalls, and they have to kick a field goal. Then, uh, I believe, I don't, I think Jared Goff threw an interception on the very next um, uh, drive for the Rams. Saints, Saints all of a sudden have the ball in the red zone, like on the 13-yard line, 
and they don't move the ball at all. They go one, two, three, and have to kick another fucking field goal. Red zone defense for the Rams, making clutch stops when they needed it. So instead of being up 14-0, they're up 6-0. Again, it was still all Saints, but then you get to the end of the first half, and within a matter of within a matter of 30 seconds, the Rams have two chunk plays and score a touchdown. I think it was they threw a bomb to to Brandon Cooks, and then uh, you know I think it was who the hell was it? I can't remember. Who, let me look at the score. It was um oh Garrett Griff um no it was Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley rushed it into the end zone. All right, quick down run, yeah. That's right, and all of a sudden we're going into halftime and it's 13-10. And it's like, yeah, that was an exciting half, and the Saints really dominated, but they, you know, the Rams started to make some stops, and all of a sudden it's a three-point game. You're like, yeah, you know, considering how shitty the Rams looked, you're still feeling optimistic. Then, I mean, then you get into the second half, and that's where I really feel like the game came alive, because then the Saints were not able to move the ball as well as they could. You know, they were still able to move the ball, but they just couldn't do it as well. And the Rams were able to move it. They were able to get some momentum going. They were able to get a drive going. They were able to score another touchdown. And then at that point, the game is neck and neck, and they're just trading field goals. And then, you know, I mean, let's talk about overtime. Saints won the coin toss. I mean, the Patriots won the coin toss and went down the field and fucking scored a touchdown. Saints win the coin toss. I mean, there was pressure after Drew Brees. And, you know, I think someone got a piece of his arm as he threw it up and they intercept him. Yeah. And I then you move down the field and you kick a got and it, and Greg the leg kicks a 57-yarder. I mean, shit, that was a ballsy move in itself. The fact that they yeah. I mean, cuz if they fucking miss that 57-yarder, all of a sudden you're giving the game back to the Saints at midfield with a chance to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, that was as ballsy as Johnny Hecker going for it on the fourth down conversion when they're down 13-0. Uh, I mean, Johnny Hecker, uh, I think they they really caught them with the pants on because Johnny Hecker, uh, he's practically a Hall of Famer, a lock for the Hall of Famer at, at punting position, just with how consistent he's been. You expect him to be automatic on the punt, and he's also got a great arm and completely caught them with their pants down in that fourth down conversion. Um, but going back to what you said, I, I think we've been talking about how good this Rams defense is supposed to be. You know, the, the star power they got out uh, of the, the defensive line. And they finally showed up. It took a little while, but I think just the urgency. You know, Aaron Donald is going to be Aaron Donald. going to give you everything you need. Mm-hmm. Indomitian had a great... Um, Indomitian has had the two best games of his up. season this week and last followed week. Followed it up. So he had an excellent... I think he had one sack. Um, if not, he had a couple tackles for losses for sure, but he was clogging up the hole. You know, you got the two best, arguably the two best running backs in the NFL facing off against each other. And we don't really... We, we have not spoken Alvin Kamara's Name. I You're mean, eight carries for 15 had, rushing yards. Yeah, running the ball, he was not much help. Um, he did have 11 receptions for 96 receiving yards. God, I he's the prototype. I, I'm 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 hoping every NFL team, especially the Jets, are taking a good look at what kind of versatility you can get from a, a running back that can line up in the slot. And he plays wide receiver as well as he does running back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I mean, when you think about, I, I've said it before. The Saints have really been playing down a man or two on the, in the wide receiver position. After Michael Thomas, I mean, the, the, the level of talent is a, a big drop-off. I mean, Ted Ginn. Um, Ted Ginn had a big catch in this game, but in terms of consistency, uh, you can go three games without him even having a heartbeat. 
you know, so, can I also point out the fact that Michael Thomas kind of disappeared? Same thing with Tyreek yeah, Hill. Yeah. That, I think, was another big piece of both of these games was the defense is shutting down the top wide receivers. I'm glad you missed that because I think in both games, definitely in the, um, the Patriots game, Tyreek Hill was doubled for a lot of those possessions. Yes, I he was. They, really, they put a lot of pressure on him. And there's, no, there's really no other way. And even then, there were a couple times where Tyreek Hill actually got open for a split second. He split the defenses. And, I, I mean, it was just after that point uh, a matter of pinpoint passing. And I think Mahomes was lucky on one or two connections. But overall, he really just could not get, you know, that, that tiny terror going. On the other side, um, Michael Thomas, you know, he, he's got that swagger to him that he's had all season. But when you double-team him, I mean, in the biggest game of the year, you got a team that actually has a secondary capable of putting a double-team on you and then still saying we got enough guys to cover the rest of the spread. You know, I, obviously, they, they took advantage of Alvin Kamara getting, you know, a lot less attention in the slot, and that's where the Saints did most of their damage. But overall, I think they were pretty effective on making sure that it wasn't so much of a two- or three-headed monster that the Saints have been employing all season and everyone else. It was really, I think, an insp- it, was, it was a very gutsy game by the Rams on both offense yeah. and defense. You know, they they really made some key plays when they had to. Um, you know, they they were able to, you know, get some chunk plays when they had to. You know, C.J. Anderson, I think, has been a revelation for them. I don't know what the hell is wrong with Todd Gurley. They're saying, he's, they're saying he's fine. I mean, is four carries for 10 rushing yards in the NFC Championship game fine? I, I don't know. Um, is one catch for three receiving yards on three targets good? I don't know. He but had a couple I, drop passes in this game. I will point that out. There were two pass plays I saw for sure where he should have caught them, and they were definitely first downs and dropped both. So I don't know if he had a case of the gift. I don't know if the injury is, is still kind of bothering him. And, it, you know, obviously in the NFL, injury disclosure is kind of one of those, like, gray areas where you – you tell the teams that your guy's fine, so they game plan for him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was one of those things, but I, I mean, there was there was that a big question mark. It looks like I want to say Gurley either wasn't a hundred percent, or he had a case of the yips because they put him in for a couple of big plays and he boofed it, and they just decided not to risk it. I mean, um, they're lucky as all hell that, that 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 wasn't enough to scuttle the game. Because look, if the, the Rams had lost. There'd be a million questions around Gurley. What happened? Why didn't you guys play him? Was he injured? Did you not trust him with the football? Because I think he had a big fumble. Didn't he have a big fumble last week? I can't remember what it was. He had he, he had a, a, a mistake, and I think they pulled him. They pulled him quickly, and it you know they tried to say, hey, you know, it wasn't it wasn't anything personal. It was just more of McVay was saying kind of the flow of the offense. He used that that you know that jargon. It's just the feel of the offense right now, and I'm just going with what feels right. So, hey, look, they got a W. Granted, they got a little help from the refs. They got a W, so it doesn't matter. Now, the big question is Super Bowl. Is Todd Gurley actually going to be the feature back, or are we going to be kind of looking at, you know, Jared Goff stepping up again and having a pretty solid game? Because, I mean, they're going to need both of them if you're going to go up against the Patriots. Now, let's go into it. Super yeah. Bowl 53. My God, New England Patriots, Los Angeles Rams. This will be the third straight year the Patriots have made the Super Bowl. Um, Jared Goff is officially starting, has started 
three playoff games and is now going to start in the Super Bowl. Carson Wentz has started zero playoff games. Um, I, which is just crazy to think about. I mean, this number you, you threw that curve at me, and I, I totally whiffed on it. That's okay. I, I think about it now because I'm thinking about the accomplishments of Goff and, and Mahomes and, and Dak Prescott and Deshaun Watson, and I'm like, yeah, Carson Wentz still has yet to start a playoff game. Look, man, uh, ring is the ring. Got yeah, him, that's exactly. Got, <laughs> got him to the precipice. That's, hey, I'll take it any day of the week. Um, but this Rams-Patriots Super Bowl, so... Dude, I mean, I, I, listen, I have not felt comfortable about this Rams team ever since they, you know, they lo- they beat that Lions team and then lost to the Bears. I mean, something about their, their offense sputtering, something about the fact that defenses have been able to scheme them out of what they like to do, something about how the fact that when you really disrupt Jared Goff in that system, the Rams struggle to function does not give me confidence in them. That's why I didn't pick them to beat the Saints. That's why, you know, it didn't surprise me when the Eagles beat them in December with Nick Foles. I mean, these things have stuck out with me all season and more so over the last month and a half. And, you know, to then see them going up against the Patriots, I mean, I don't... For me, it felt like there was really something a little... I know I'm an Eagles fan, but it felt like there was something special. There was really something magical about what they were doing, how innovative the RPOs were last season, how well they had crafted the offense to work with Nick Foles, and how excellent the defense was. This year, I'm seeing a Rams team that has a great defense on paper, but has been dodgy, has been up and down all season. You know, Aqib Tlaib, Marcus Peters, and Dominican Sue, they're playing better now, but the truth is they've had issues on defense as good as their defense is. And then they've also had issues on offense as good as their offense is. So the exact same argument I gave last week for the Patriots beating the Chiefs, I'm going to give twofold with the Patriots beating the Rams. I'm picking the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I don't see any reason why the Patriots are not going to stroll right out there, come up with an offensive game plan that's going to take advantage of all the weak spots of of the Rams' defense, and then on the other side of the ball, they're going to figure out what the hell the Rams do poorly and and just crush them. Like I feel like this is going to be a blowout. Chaka, tell me what you're thinking. Dark cloud, Sam. Dark cloud, Sam. Look, I, I wish I could sit here and give you a good, legitimate argument as to why I think the Rams are going to come out on top in the Super Bowl. And you know what? I can't, I can't do it. I, I, I really wish I could tell you that Jared Goff has been so intimidating, such a nightmare force on the field, that he's going to be the man to, to go toe-to-toe with Tom Brady. But I can't. Todd Gurley may or may not be healthy. Um, as to how much usage he's going to get in the Super Bowl, especially if things get out of hand down the, uh, you know, if the pages go by a touchdown or two, Todd Gurley is going to sit. Uh, it, it's happened to quite a few Rams games um, in the past, not necessarily this year, but um, yeah, look, he hasn't looked himself in the last couple games. Um, but honestly, the offense doesn't really seem to go through him, not in the same way that you would look at Alvin Kamara you know, lining up in the spot and catching out of the backfield. They just don't use him like that as often as they did. I feel like they did, you know, early in the season. Right. At, at the beginning season. of the season, it felt like the whole offense was going through Gurley. They go, they've gone away from it, and I honestly, I, I, I have yet to hear anyone actually talk about why that is, but that seems to be when their offense was at its most ferocious because 
even if you knew it was coming, Todd Gurley's going to get the ball in one way or another. Is it going to be a bubble screen? Is it going to be a handoff? And you're just going to have to try and tackle him. I mean, the guy's physically intimidating. He's physically dominating. But the Rams' offense, as innovative as Sean McVay, Sean McVay has been proclaimed and you know credited for, they haven't really done anything exciting. I think that's part of been the other reason why they really have not been just leading teams the way we thought they would be mm. going into the playoffs. So I don't know what's not clicking. What I mean, just there's something not right with the offense, and they need to figure this shit out because this is a Super Bowl now. You know, it's damn near a miracle that they squeaked by this past round. But I, I mean, look, Sam, I don't know what to tell you. They got Brandon Cooks. They've got, you know, even uh, Everett and Reynolds have done a fantastic job. Yeah, Reynolds has really stepped up for Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup injury was a huge injury during the season, and I mean, Reynolds has pretty much made it Cooper who. Well, you know, people forgot that Cooper Cup was, you know, part of this offense when it was absolutely shredding defenses um, throughout the season. C.J. Anderson, you get a fresh running back. Um, oh, my God, who's got no miles on him this season? You know, I, you guys should be absolutely terrifying on offense. And on defense, let's not even talk about Marcus Peters. Um, Fowler Jr., who's actually pretty solid. Uh, I mean, they, the, 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 the murderers wrote Aaron Donald, Lakeith Talib, and Donald Pursuit. Like, I mean... I should be terrified. This should be murderous rope. And really have not seen that from them. I mean, very inconsistent. They show up on a few series where they're absolutely dominant. They get the sack. You know, they push them back into third and long situations. But for the most part, I mean, a lot of offenses have stood toe-to-toe with the Rams throughout the season. And property is not going to back off from these guys either. I think that's the biggest key to the Rams having a chance. Is Aaron Donald. And Dominicus too have to show up. They got a blitz because we just look. Kansas City Chiefs didn't even lay a, a finger on top radio. When they did, it was passing the fence. But I mean, they've really got to get back. They really got to put some pressure. They got to get him moving out of the pocket if they're even going to have a chance. They got to mess with some of those timing routes because I mean, they're still ten points. If you give him longer than three or four seconds to reach the throw, it's over. He's going to cook you. Uh, it, it's over. And honestly, I don't see how they're going to do this. Um, Really, I don't, no one's really done it at all come playoff time. Playoff time, the Patriots seem to like just grow stronger. Uh, I, I think they're probably just messing with us. And come playoff time, you know, they, they take off the sheep's the sheep skin, and it's just wolves. They're just ready to go. Dude. So I'm going Patriots, man. I don't I don't see how I could possibly say anything else. They're fucking terrifying right now. I the last two years, I picked the Falcons. I picked the Eagles. This year, I, I'm picking the Patriots. I I just I have never, I know I haven't, you know, I like, I can't, I don't, I can't think of another team in the era of of football that has been this consistent and this dominant as this Patriots team. I mean, I haven't even been around, I haven't even really been following or truly, truly as avid a football fan, you know, even before this era of Patriots, you know, I really wasn't around for Bill Walsh's Niners and Joe Montana. And, you know, listen, I hear all these amazing teams, you know, the, the Terry Bradshaw Steelers in the seventies, but Holy fucking shit to, to go from 2001 to, to 2018. I mean, we're talking almost two decades worth of dominant football. It's been 13, 13. I'm friggin' appearance. I mean, this, I mean, this will be Tom Brady's ninth appearance in the Super Bowl. He's literally been in the Super Bowl more times than he has missed the Super Bowl. 
That's absurd. What the fuck? I think it's 13 and 14. No, sorry. I think it's 15 playoff appearances. Nine Super Bowls. Yeah. I, I, I feel sick. Like, I, I need to go outside and get air, but it's freezing outside. <laughs> it's just... It's I, I want to say it's unfair, but... I mean, the reality... Listen, it, it wouldn't have, if it was unfair... It wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have happened this way, but it does. The fact that they just somehow they're they're always three steps ahead of every opponent, and when they lose, it's a shock. I mean, when the Eagles when beat them last sport, year, it was a fucking shock. When you talk about a, uh, a sport that it's hard to have a dynasty in, uh, football's got to be up there as one of them. And, and the Patriots kind of break that mentality. But realistically speaking, when you look at just the flux. Look at what the Rams were three years ago. They were awful. They were awful. I mean, it's Jared Goff was a bust. Now he's starting the, the Super Bowl. Awful three years ago. You look at all the teams that are like right now are you know in this final four, so to speak. The Chiefs weren't great either. They were solid, but they weren't great. Nope. I mean, it's nope. really hard. Saints to were have dog. Were like seven and nine three years ago. It's hard to have a consistently good team. Uh, I mean, even the Steelers, you know, who are probably one of the, the the teams you hold up there in terms of just consistency. Yeah, yeah, they're playoff team, but. I mean, they haven't really been a dynasty either in the last 15 years. I mean, it's just really hard to do. And the Patriots make it look like clockwork. It's it's effortless. If every GM could say, oh, you know, it's easy to Patriots, we just copy what the Patriots do, good luck. Good luck finding quarterbacks who's that accurate, that consistent. Good luck finding wide receivers who run excellent routes, um, who work on their timing, who can get into a rhythm with their quarterback, you know, and stick around. I'm sure Edelman could have made tons of money going somewhere else, but obviously he knows where his bread is buttered. Just ask Danny Amendola how that worked out for him in Miami. Oh, you boy. Know, it's wanting to have guys who actually want to be there and play there. Uh, you know, So it's, it's, it's really, really hard to build a franchise this dominant and to have just a bunch of guys buy into. Yeah, I think specifically of Randy Moss when he talked about his time in New England. He wasn't there for super long, but he talks about Belichick like as a father which is crazy to me. Yeah. Coming from a guy who says straight cash, homie, that's something. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, uh, it's, it's absolutely impressive. <sighs> okay. Fuck the Patriots, but, you know, they're they're amazing. Uh, we should get out of here because I feel like I might throw up in my mouth if we start talking more about how amazing the Patriots are. Yeah, I, I've had my fill of Tom Brady for one, for one day. All right, listen. Shaka and I are probably we we'll probably take next week off. There's not much to talk about. Maybe we'll maybe we'll do another preview of the Super Bowl. Maybe we'll unpack yeah. it a little bit more when we have more of a chance to kind of digest what the hell Patriots Rams might look like. I think I'd like to circle around too just to see what's going on. Is Todd Gurley actually injured? Are we actually going to find anything out about that? Just you know, see where their heads at. I love it. I think that's a plan. Everybody, get ready for next week. We'll do a, a much deeper dive into this upcoming Super Bowl Fifty Three. But um, in the meantime, there's only one more game of football left in this season, and we got to get the hell out of here, get ourselves jazzed for this game like the rest of the world. Everyone, thank you for listening to Sam Sports Podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. You can like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Instagram at Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Twitter at SmithFaceJones. And, of course, you can always email Shaka and I at SamSportsStation at gmail.com. But in the meantime, enjoy the weekend. Watch some of the Pro Bowl. I probably will not be. Um, And we'll be back next week to talk more Super Bowl preview. Take it easy, everybody. Bye-bye.